it's, I don't I don't see I don't see how Steve does it. He does one pages, uh, and, he, and they're, they're good, and they're, he's to the point, and uh, I don't know. I just can't do it. it takes me. Do what? Yes, actually we can. That's kind of what we're talking about today. So uh, let me. Uh, okay, I got that going. Uh, Last time I was teaching in here uh, was back in, it was in July sometime, and I taught over Judges 17. And the time before that, when I was teaching for Steve, was back in January, February-ish, and I was in Judges... 15, 16. I love the book of Judges. You know, you guys have heard me say this many times. There is uh, the weirdest stories in our Bible or in the book of Judges. Um, the book of Judges, like I put on your handout here, the very first thing is a book that didn't have to be because it absolutely chronicles Israel's failure to obey God. Just like us. I mean, that's that's story of my life sometimes. I just can't seem to get it right. And I love these stories and judges because they really illustrate for us uh, what we should and shouldn't do. So, last time I was in here, I talked about a guy named Micah. Let me uh, refresh your memory. It's been a while. Micah was the guy that he lived... And there's maps. I, I got there's maps and stuff here in handout, but Micah lived in Ephraim up here. Um, where's Ephraim? Yeah, he lived here south of Shiloh. Mike, Micah lived in Ephraim. Micah didn't want to go to church in Shiloh to the tabernacle, so he decides to hire his own priest. Remember that guy, the Levite? Yeah. He hired the Levite. Come and be my priest, and it makes it. It says several times that he's a young man, this Levite. So the the young Levite, he buys him a suit of clothes, and says, "Come and live in my house and be my priest and my father." And obviously, that sounds like our Catholic brethren, but that really started uh, that set up some serious idolatry in Micah's house because he's no longer going to church and going to the tabernacle he's got his own thing going he's home churching with his own home church priest putting his own swing on it putting his own swing on it he had all of his carved images and remember he stole money from his mom and uh, that she was saving to buy an idol, so then he buys an idol. And then the whole story was just off the chart, just off the rails. You guys remember that. Today, in Judges 18, it's kind of part two to that story. So that's why I had to kind of bring it up, because it's refresh your memory. Today we're going to find out what ends up happening to Micah and that Levite. And uh, and and how the tribe of Dan gets involved. So, yeah. So that's kind of what we're going to talk about. So that's why I titled this one "Don't Be a Dan" because Dan is, is not the hero of the story. Um, the key verse uh, on the handout: Judges twenty one twenty five. We've heard this many times. The, the 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 theme of the book of Judges is there's no king in Israel. Everybody's doing what they want. Everybody's doing what they think's right in their own eyes. Modern day America, you know, all that kind of stuff. 
Uh, and that, that verse is actually said four times throughout the book. Um, I wanted to... Where's my thing at? Hey, Larry, what's going on? Yeah, they had cycle. They went through cycles of the judges. Yeah. They actually went through like 15 cycles. I don't really remember what. And, okay, another thing too. You know, we teach the kids uh, over in the E-Wing. And we do, me and Sherry do PowerPoint presentations over there. And so uh, I went ahead and stole a bunch of the slides from over there. So I've kind of cobbled together a whole thing on Dan here. So some of the slides will be different and, and uh, they look like some of the kids, but... Uh, anyway, I just thought I'd mention that. So the, 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 in the book of Judges, we've got, uh, there's 12 judges. And I put that little thing on your handout on how the, judge, the book of Judges lays out. Um, chapters 1 through 16 cover the, the judges that rule Israel. And it's pretty much a judge per chapter is how the book of Judges lays out. Well, the last few chapters of the book, 17 through 21... There's no more judges talked about. These are the stories. These are some of the cool stories that illustrate what goes on in a nation, in a family, in a, in a life that doesn't obey God. And these are the, the freaky stories are really all through the book. So uh, there's some of the judges you guys know, like Gideon, Deborah, Ehud. There's a whole bunch of these guys. Uh, all right, so. This is one of the kids' slides. Just to set the frame for the time of Judges. I wasn't sure if we'd have a lot of visitors today, so I wanted to kind of start at the beginning. Where does the book of Judges fit into our Bible? Uh, and it fits into a, an interesting place. You know, we got Abraham. we got Genesis, our first book of the Bible. And that's all about Abraham having kids. Those kids end up in the book of Exodus uh, going to Egypt, becoming slaves. Uh, Moses comes along, the tabernacle, all those cool stories in, in the books of Moses come in. And then we got Joshua. We know that book. That's where uh, God takes them out of Egypt and they go into the promised land. And right after Joshua is the book of Judges. And this is where things start coming off the rails. Uh, here's our chart here again about how the book lays out. The time span is around 350 years, give or take. So it, it takes a while to get through the book of Judges. Um, let's see, nothing more on that. You know, I talked about the house of Micah last time, the idolatry that starts up. And that was the opening slide for that. All right. Um, that's where Micah took place uh, on the map. Micah's house was here, but the, the church, the tabernacle, was just a little bit north of him. But... He was too lazy to go there, so he just home-churched. All right, so then um, in the book of Joshua, you know, God, God basically saved the nation of Israel. You know, he brought them out of Egypt. They did the Passover. They started the tabernacle, and they started serving God. And then they kind of baptized through the Red Sea. So it does parallel our Christian walk. And you know, we've all heard this type of stuff before, that bringing the children of Israel out of Egypt is like our us getting saved and, and getting baptized and moving on. 
Well, God brings them up here to the Israel, to the to the land of Israel that He has given them. And these are all the uh, Canaanite nations, the, the Arabs and such, that are in, occupying the land. Um, today, the Amorites are kind of our people we're going to talk about, but that's kind of what it looked like before you know, Joshua and the boys moved in. Uh, that's just a list of all the, the tribes. So, with, under Joshua, they all move in to the, to the promised land, and they're occupying... <laughs> Um, and the tribe of Dan is here they're here on the coast of the Mediterranean they're kind of in the south part of Israel uh, Mike is up here in Ephraim a little bit north so that's, that's kind of the lay of the land we're going to be talking about uh, there was Micah and today we're going to talk about Judges 18 with Dan um, All right. love and happiness yeah, yeah, you notice my Yeah, this is a hippie commune that we're gonna we're gonna get into. The people of Laish, they're our, our hippie commune we're gonna meet. Alright, so just quick another quick review. I know you guys know this, I probably shouldn't even have done this, but Abraham Father Abraham, you know, had many sons. This all starts with him back in Genesis. Uh you know, it's interesting when you look at the original land grant given to Abraham was huge. Much bigger than what Israel is occupying today, and there's all kinds of parallels. With they didn't, they didn't obey God and, and be all that they could be, and they didn't end up with as much as as they uh, could have. In second here, so yeah. During the seven years of tribulation, or is they, are they going to get back their land? Good question. They will actually during the millennium, and when that's that's the last lesson of today. But yeah, originally God gave them a huge amount of land. And they said you're going to take all of this. Well, you know they didn't do they didn't do everything they needed to do, and they didn't take all the land they could have taken. Abraham ends up going into you know Saudi. Abraham has Isaac. Isaac has a guy named Jacob, that's it. and that guy is a rascal. Uh, but he finally gets right with God, Jacob does, and God changes his name to Israel. So there really was a guy named Israel. You know, sometimes people forget that. But there really was a guy, his name was Israel, and he had 12 sons, the children of Israel. And these are all tribes. And there's Dan, there's our man for today. But every one of, it's really cool, every one of these tribes have characteristics about them, just like Dan we're going to talk about today. Each one of these 12 boys and their families have characteristics. Some are left-handed warriors. Some of them, Jesus comes through Judah. Uh, some of them are maritime sailor fisher types. I mean, it's, you can really develop a lesson about each one of these guys. God gave them like titles. You, the Levites, you are going to be priests. And you yeah. Are going to exactly. And we'll talk about that. Before Jacob died, uh, there's a whole chapter in Genesis, I think it's 49, where he he gives a prophecy of all these guys, and it all, you know, of course, comes to to happen. So, Dan is what we'll be talking about today, and the characteristics we can learn from them. They lined up, they lined up three on each side, and supposed to mimic God's face. Yeah. I'm not sure what that is, but you know, they end up going to, to Egypt. They become slaves. Moses comes along and parts the Red Sea. Uh, they get baptized, kind of in that. And there's, there's Dan again. Uh, 
uh, Tribe of Dan facts. We'll, we'll okay. We'll just talk about these while we're here. Uh, Dan, son of Jacob, was actually uh, he conceived Dan with his handmate, with his wife's servant. You know, they did this stuff back then. And uh, she says that God has judged me, so she called his name Dan. And Dan means to judge. That's what the word means. I think this is on your second page of your handout. I talked about the, the words. There's Brian. Oh, man. Hey, Brian. How you guys doing? I think set front if you want, or table. All right, so that's where Daniel, like Daniel, we all know and love Daniel in the lion's den. His name means, uh, you know, God judges me. So it's just that root word, Dan. It's like the Jordan River. It's out of Dan. But anyway, so uh, Dan comes from one of the handmaids of, of Rachel. There was a census in the book of Numbers. These are just high-level facts about Dan. Uh, they're, they're the second largest tribe. Judah was the biggest. Um, Dan is rebuked by Deborah. She's one of the judges. She writes a song and praising all the tribes except Dan because Dan was too lazy to fight. Uh, so they, they're starting to get a bad rap early on. And then this is what Belinda was talking about. They were prophesied early on by Jacob that they were going to be a judge and that they would represent a serpent that bites the rider. And uh, because of that prophecy, a lot of people think that the Antichrist is going to come out of the tribe of Dan. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Uh, it could be a reference to Samson, because our buddy Samson, you know, needed a haircut. Uh, he came out of the tribe of Dan, and he was a judge. So, you know, that's just one of the things in the Bible we don't quite understand. Uh, that's the verse that people think that was the prophecy about Dan. That's what Jacob said about Dan. Um, now, Dan is given an inheritance in Joshua 19, but he fails to obey it in Judges 134, and we'll we'll talk more about that. But that's so basically when Moses and Joshua and all the children were standing at the edge right before they go into the promised land in the, in the book of uh, Joshua they're all all the tribes are given land that God wants them to have Dan's no different so we'll talk about that in a second uh, they're giving this where they're giving the inheritance I'm going to skip through this because we're already behind um, Dan facts. I'm gonna hang on to that. All right. Yeah, I think I'm gonna, I'm gonna back up here. So, all right. So I'll just leave it there. All right. So now let's get into the book. I've, I've talked enough about this. Uh, look at the handout here. On your handout, I did a little map. I showed the little map that we're going to be kind of using. And I got that little table about the players. This is on page two of the handout. These are the players in the book. Uh, just to quickly look at this, we're going to be talking about the tribe of Dan. And in, in our story today, in Judges 18, Dan represents God's people, just like us. They've been saved. Um, they're walking with the Lord. He's given them an inheritance. He has things he wants them to do, but they would rather do it their own way. 
And that's what we'll be talking about. Hey, how's it going on there? Hey, how are you doing? Doing good. Doing good. Yeah, now we're filling up. So, so we're going to be talking about Tribe of Dan. The Amorites, the next thing in the list of the players, those are the, uh, those are the bad guys. Those are the Canaanites. They were living in the land. The Amorites represent anything in our lives that keep us from serving the Lord and being all that we can be. And that could be a lot of stuff for a lot of different people. Um, all the obstacles and trials and problems that we have that keep us from being all we can be. It's the besetting sins of Hebrews 12.1 where God asks us to set aside those things that are keeping you from being all you can be. We're going to be talking about Micah again, the guy from last time I was up here. He's the guy that started the idolatrous stuff, the home church. Um, He's living disobedient to God. We're going to be talking about the Levite a little bit. The Levite was the guy that he hired to, to be his priest. And the Levite in in today's chapter really represents a carnal person who has no problem acting spiritual, spreading the false teaching, just like the guys on that first slide, David Koresh, all those guys. They have no problem being spiritual and spreading the false teaching because it means money, position, power, you know, they're into that. That's what they really want. So they're, they're charlatans, we call them. They're false teachers. And, and the, the Christian world today is, as you know, is absolutely jam-packed full of these guys. And they're causing all this confusion and noise where it's hard to really get the truth because of the Levites that are out there, the hirelings, the charlatans. And then lastly, we'll be talking about the people of Laish. Those are the, the hippie commune that we're going to run across here in a little bit. People that are living lackadaisical in their own world, not aware of their surroundings. They don't care about their internal destination. They don't care about God. They don't care about serving God. They just want to live and let be. And there's a danger in living that way. And they, they find that out in this chapter. So, next page on the handout. There's a few things we just talked about. Children of Jacob. Those are the boys. Uh, I think it would be page three. Yeah, that. Yeah, that. There you go. What the heck happened here? Did I go off? Okay. All right. So, um, all right. So now let's get into the book. Now I've done enough. I've done way too much. Yeah. All right. So we're going to start reading in chat, Judges chapter eighteen. Um, does somebody want to read the first verse, eighteen one? I don't know. Steve always starts with Emmett. That's kind of a custom. <laughs> do we want to do that? In those days there was no king in Israel, and in those days the tribe of the Danites sought them an inheritance to bless the For unto that day all their inheritance had not fallen unto them among the tribes of Israel. Okay, yes. Thanks. Alright, so Based on what I had just said about the tribes and the inheritance and how in Joshua 19-ish Dan was given land, what the heck's going on here? Because now it's saying there's they're seeking an inheritance to dwell in because they don't have one. 
Well, how can that be? So you need. So this this verse right here is kind of the main thing of my whole message today. This really pictures a lot of things. It's very pregnant with a lot of meaning. So what we're reading about, what, what we're getting ready to get into here, is what happens when a a tribe or a or a person doesn't claim what God has for them. And this is this is the lesson one on your handout. Um, lesson one is Judges 18.1. It's called Take the Stairs. And I had... Let me get this slide up here. Alright, alright, this, this here. This is lesson one. This, this really encompasses Dan and what we're going to talk about. Alright. When God gave them the promised land, He chose a land area for Dan that was everything they needed. It was, it had, you know, water, creeks, vegetation. It was a, a kind of a, a, a hilly area. It was right here. It was north of Gaza. You know, we're hearing about Gaza today. Dan's area was down here toward the bottom next to Gaza. Um, and had everything they need, God gave them everything they needed to be successful. Just like He does for us. You know, when God saves us, He gives us our Bible. And He gives us the Holy Spirit. And He gives us a church to go to. And He gives us everything we need to be successful and victorious and be fruitful and all of that. And He did that for Dan too. So what's happened to Dan? Well, flip over to Judges 1. 30, Judges 1, verse 34. That's what we'll look at real quick here. Judges one thirty four, chapter one is is detailing what happened when the nation, the children of Israel went into the promised land. God said that land's yours. Go in and take it. Verse thirty four, chapter one, and the Amorites forced the children of Dan into the mountain, for they would not suffer them to come down to the valley, and the Amorites would dwell in the mount in Ajon and Shabalim. Yet the hand of Joseph prevailed against him. So Dan, for whatever reason, chose not to obey God and take these guys out. And they just kind of fled and, and let the Amorites have it. Okay? And that is kind of the thing that we do. And this is why I did take the stairs. Because what, what, and it took me a while after I got saved to see this and to realize this is what's happening. But when we get saved, just like Dan, we have a choice to make, just like Dan. We can take the easy route and and not obey God, and not really go to church because I don't like those people. They're hypocrites. Not really read our Bible because we don't understand it. Not really pray. I don't know what to say. You know, we can do all these things and just kind of stay on this level here. You're still saved, but you're not growing. And that's what we have here in Dan. Dan decided uh, the Amorites, they're stronger than us. Uh, just let them have it. And we'll go find something else, is what they're saying in verse 1. They're saying, uh, let us go seek something else. And and why I'm saying take the stairs is there's a very cool principle outlined in Second Peter 
in, in the first chapter, and I've, I've actually talked on this before. You may recognize some of this. When we're saved, when I got saved at 19, the first thing that, I, that God wanted us, all of us to do is learn our Bibles. You know, start reading it. Start praying. Do, do the basic things that we know we should do. And it's like we climb the stair and we apply what we're learning and even though it's hard, we're starting to work on ourselves and, and we're climbing the stairs of, of faith. I'm not sure how you'd call that. And once you apply what you've learned, you keep doing the right thing and you learn a little bit more. And then you climb another stair. And then you learn a little bit more. And you just keep reading and applying and learning and you're climbing the stairs and you will end up reaching a, a very fruitful joyous life. You'll get the the fruits that He promises us. It's kind of our inheritance on earth. See, we all, we're believers. I think we're all saved in here. We all have an inheritance waiting for us when we die. And that's awesome. And, And until we die, we're given the Holy Spirit as the down payment of the promise that we're going to get. But we also have a promise of an inheritance of this this life. He wants us to be fruitful, to live a God-honoring life, uh, to have peace. is something most believers don't have. They don't have peace and joy in their life because they haven't climbed the stairs. They haven't done what they needed to do. This is hard work. Me and Sherry talk about this a lot, that it's... Uh, a lot of times, you know, we work in life issues, and people will see the life issues leaders like, man, they got it all together. You know, they good jobs, this, that, and the other. It's been a lot of work, you know. And I didn't always have it all together. I was down here flailing around, being a goof. And this has been a hard thirty years of me and Sherry. I mean, and I'm not here by any means, but it's hard work climbing the stairs. And this is what the Danites weren't willing to do. God gave them the land. This is everything you need to be successful. Go in and take it. And they decided not to. The obstacles, the Amorites, were just too too much to overcome. It was easier to take the easy way out and just go hide in the hill country. Um, so there's that. So, and then I think I put on the handout, I don't know if, how much made it, but Another thing I like about this, uh, and I heard a preacher one time talking about this, is that every day when we wake up, you know, the Lamentations verse, the 3.23, every day is God gives us new mercies. It doesn't matter where we are on these stairs, and sometimes I fall down them a few rungs. Wherever you are in your life, it is not too late while you're breathing to dust yourself off, Start walking back up these stairs. You know. What's that say? Yes, that's good. That's exactly what this is talking about. There have been times in my life I'll get up two or three stairs and I just do something, I get out of church, and I start falling back down. So like what Proverbs seventeen seven? Yeah, that's perfect. Alright, so that's kind of the lesson one we can take in the tribe of Dan. We see it right out of the gate. They're not doing what they need to do. They're not climbing the stairs. 
All right. Um, another thing too. So, and 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 this is what used to mess me up too. Whenever I was first believed, saved, I started meeting all these believers that were staying down here, and I'm thinking, what's wrong with them? Are they really saved? Did they really receive the Holy Spirit? Uh, and I come to find out, yeah, a lot of them do. There are a lot of believers. They just choose, like the Danites, to stay down here. And when you stay down here, you're going to make bad decisions. And you're going to have bad things come into your life. And you're going to have a lot of heartache through your life. And we all know that because we've all experienced that. So that's verse 1. So now let's look at verse... Uh, the second section is verses 2 through 6. I don't know if anybody would care to read all of that. I hate to bust it all up. We're in Judges 18, 2 through 6. This is lesson number 2 that we're going to run across in the story. 2 through 6. And the children of Dan sent of their family five men from their coast, men of valor from Zora and from Nicole, to spy out the land and to search it and they said to them go search the land and when they came to to the house of Micah they lodged there when they were by the house of Micah they used the voice of the young man the Levite and they turned in Zippor and said to him who brought thee hither and what makest thou in this place and what hast thou here and he said unto them thus and thus dealeth I come with me and hath hired me and I am his priest and they said to him ask counsel we pray thee of God that we may know whether our way which we shall go be prosperous and the priest said unto them go in peace for the Lord is your way wherein you go all right, thanks. That's a lot of reading, I know. Kind of Steve does one verse. Yeah, yeah. It's a, but what it's what it's telling here is a cool little continuing of the story. In verse two, uh, children of Dan sent of their family five men from their coast. So they picked five of the strongest dudes to to be spies to go find an inheritance. All right, if you're a student of the Bible. Right out of the gate, you're going to notice five. Huh. Does anybody know what the number five man. pretty much always means? Man, man. Yeah. Death. Death. What's going on here is a bad plan. The spies have already been sent. Joshua sent them. They're not needing spies to go find land because God's already gave them land. They're still staying on this bottom rung is what they're doing. And they're looking for something else to uh, to appease them. So they've sent five of their dudes to go find some better land. And then in verse 3 is where they hook up with our last chapter, Micah. So they leave Dan. They're down here. The five guys leave Dan. And they come up here along the Jordan River. And they run across the house of Micah from the last chapter. This is the guy that's doing the home church. He's got his own priests, his own idols. And notice, I think it's interesting in verse 3, the five guys, they knew the voice of the young man. They recognized his voice. You know, maybe he was in praying or doing something ritual and they happen to walk by his cottage and they hear him. I know that dude. I've heard him before. I think that's interesting. I don't know exactly what it means. 
But yeah, they're way far away from where they were. They're a long way from home, and the Levite's not supposed to be there at all. He's supposed to be in Shiloh. So it's just people doing things they shouldn't be doing, running across each other, is what this is. All right, so that's in verse three, and they say, "Hey, what are you doing here, dude? You know, you're what? What are you doing?" So he said that uh, Micah has hired me to be his priest. In verse four, and then in verse five, they said. Pray for us. The, the five guys say, "Hey Levi, pray for us and and see if we're doing God's will." You know, counsel. Give us some counsel about from God. And he immediately says, "Go in peace before the Lord. The Lord's with you." Uh, he didn't pray about it. Words. Just words. I mean, he just so. Which is another lesson, and that's the lesson two here: spiritual versus biblical. I hammer on this all the time. We live in a spiritual world, a spiritual culture in the United States, but it's not biblical at all. And um, so, so here you've got these five. Dan, they've turned their back on what God wants for them. They're heading up looking for something better, and they run across Micah and the Levite. They ask for God's blessing, and He gives it to them. And it's just like today. When we're in sin and we're out of fellowship with God, you will find people that'll validate what you're doing and tell it. Because when we're in sin, we would rather hear a lie than hear the truth. You know, whenever I was, there was a time when I was drinking. I was saved, but I was I kind of got into drinking and. Yeah, Jimmy drunk a lot of wine. <laughs> so, uh, you know, I didn't, I would rather hear a lie and I would say, oh, I hear there's preachers saying it's okay to drink and I can, I can get drunk and it's okay. You can always find somebody that will justify your lie, your idol. You know, when I was in Boston, I was shocked at all the churches that were waving the rainbow flag. You know, they, they, they were totally adopting all of that. You know, come on in. We, you're one of us. We're all children of God. Um, so, long story short, we would rather hear a lie and, and there's always someone out there that's ready to tell us that lie uh, and that's what the Levite did for the, the five guys um, I think this is the next one Yeah. alright so I'll go back alright so that's, that's that lesson that's the second lesson in this chapter I'll just kind of leave that one so now we'll go to lesson number three on your handout Judges 7 through 10 um, I guess I can read this one. Let's, Linda, do you care to? Yeah, I need to get a drink. Then the five people departed and came to Laish. They saw the people that were therein, how they dwelt careless after the manner of the Zidonians, quiet and secure. And there was no magistrate in the land that might put them to shame in anything. And they were far from the Zidonians and had no business with anyone. And they came unto their brethren to Zorah and Eshtal, and their brethren said unto them, What say ye? And they said, Arise, that we may go up against them. For we have seen the land, and behold, it is very good. And are ye still? Be not slothful to go, and to enter to possess the land. When ye go, ye shall come unto a people secure, and to a large land. For God hath given it into your hands, a place there's no want of anything that is in the earth. Alright, good, thanks. Alright, so lesson three, which she just read. This is godliness brings contentment. Is what I 
There's my blank there. Godliness brings contentment. And these guys were not content. Um... It's, this, I just love the book of Judges because, you know, when we read the book, and I can remember when I was a new believer reading stuff like this in the Bible, not understanding things, and I'm thinking, this must be of God. I mean, why, if it's in my Bible, this must be all good. This is not good, what's going on here. That's why God's showing us what, what does happen. So when, when Dan turned their back on God, they start heading out looking for greener pastures, just like we do. Uh, they find this hippie commune up in Laish, way up here. This is where these guys end up. They left Dan, and I've got the mappings in your handout. They left Dan, they walked by Micah, they went up the Jordan, they went all the way up here, the northernmost tip of where Israel was at, to a little... The hippie commune called Laish. These guys are just like I mean, they're just laying around. They don't have a care in the world. They have no one over them. There's no magistrate. You know, Belinda read all that. Uh, but they're living in very good land. It's very fruitful looking. It's actually it is actually very fruitful. That's where the Jordan River comes out of. There's a bunch of springs up here. Uh, a lot of vegetation. Everything grows. Very fruitful. So the five spies see this land and they see these people here that are unarmed. They're just kind of doing their thing. We can take this. And they even they even go so far as to think God has sent them here. You know, in verse 10. God's given it to us. We found it. And God did not give this to them. God gave them this, not this. So they're way out. Which uh, they see their land... And they start doing what we do. They start coveting. And this is one of the... This is one of the... I'll be honest. This is one of the things that when I see in my life, it's kind of a red flag, like a check engine light that I need to check myself when I start coveting. Because when you look at the Ten Commandments, these are all... All these nine are actions. You can see when someone's doing these things. But we can't see when somebody's coveting, getting jealous about other things. Um, and that's what Dan is doing here. They're seeing this better land, and they're, and they're out of the fellowship of God. So they're starting to covet this land, and they want it for themselves. And there's, there's the verse that we shouldn't covet anything that other people have. And they're coveting everything about this land. And, which leads me... To my nemesis, the social media. Uh, you know, this is one of the reasons I hate Facebook. I, I say this all the time. I even put the Facebook logo on the spreadsheet here, on the handout. You know, you, you, we've all seen these statistics that when we spend time on Facebook and social media, we see the highlight reel of someone else's life and we get jealous. Man, they're having fun, they're at the beach, they're at the mountains, they get parties, and we start coveting and we, we get jealous. So Facebook is very unhealthy for us to, to look at those things. Um, you know, the I got this out of one of the mental health outfits, but almost 60% of the people agree that when they spend a lot of time on Facebook, it negatively affects their their health. I mean, I'm sure all of us would agree with this. It can be a depressing place. Um, let me go forward here. 
And then I got looking at this. This is over two hours the average person spends on social media. And then it makes me wonder, are people spending more time on social media than their Bibles? Yeah. They probably are. Uh, doing all those other things, setting up other idols, than staying in the Word. So we just got to be careful of that. That when we're not being godly and doing what God wants us to do, we'll start coveting. And the social media is a good place that we'll all kind of hang out and get jealous of each other. So it's uh, not a good thing. We're reminded in Hebrews, let our conversation, which is an old English way of saying lifestyle, so let your lifestyle be without covetousness. Be content with such things as ye have. For God will never leave us or forsake us. And Danites here, we're not content. They see this other land at the hippie commune, and they decide they want it. That's the kind of things that we do. That's amazing you use that verse. That, that's been bounced around all week long. With you. Oh, really? Bringing that verse. Out. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a good verse. Yeah, yeah. So anyway, there's the covet. So, alright, so now, that's that lesson. Godliness brings contentment. These guys are not content. That's kind of, I guess, my point of this, is whenever you're not doing what God wants you to do, you're not going to be happy. You're not going to be joyous. You're not going to be peaceful. You're going to want other people's stuff to make you happy. That's what Danites are doing. Alright, next lesson. Number four. This is a big one. Uh... Let's see. Let's see if we can bust this up. All right. So, uh, Pat, would you care to read 11 through 14? We'll bust this in half. It says, And there went out from thence of the family of the Danites out of Zorah and out of Ishtal, Ishtal, uh, 600 men appointed with weapons of war. And they went up and pitched in Kareth Jerem in Judah, wherefore they called that place Mahanadan, and this unto this day. Behold, it is behind Kirjath Jerem. And they passed thence unto the midst of Ephraim and came unto the house of Micah. Did you say 14 also? Uh, yeah, if you can go ahead and do 14. Uh, then answered the five men that went out to spy out the country of Lech and said unto their brethren, Do you know that there is in these houses an ephod and a teraphim and a graven image and a molten image? Now, therefore, consider what ye have to do. Yes, very cool. So here's what, you know, summarize some of that big words in there. The spies, the five dudes... See, they found the hippie commune. This looks good. This is good land. We want this. this. God gave us this. So they go back down to their brothers and their family and Dan. Like the Pat read here. And they said, hey guys, we found what God wants us to have that's up here. So they take out. They start walking the trail. And they come by Micah's house again. But now it's the 600 of them. The warriors are all there. They're going to go to armies. All of them come to Micah's house. And this is where the five spies say, Hey guys, remember when we were here last time, there's a Levite in here and he's got his own thing going on. 
And then the way the King James says it, consider what you have to do. So they're thinking, we're going to start a new land. We're going to start a new church. This guy has all the stuff we need, so we're just going to take it. And uh, so that's what they're discussing here. We need a, we need a new priest and for our new land. All right, so let's pick it up in verse 15. Uh, actually, 15 through... 21. That's a lot of reading. Alright, thanks, Larry. And it said, and they said, and they turned thitherward, thitherward, and came to the house of the young man, the Levite, even unto the house of Micah, and saluted him. And he and the six hundred men appointed with their weapons of war which were of the children of Dan stood by the entering of the gate and the five men that went to spy out the land went up and came in thither and took the graven image and the ephod and the teraphim and the molten image and the and the priest stood in the entering of the gate with the six hundred men that were appointed with weapons of war, and these went into Micah's house, fetched the carved image, the ephod, and the seraphim. <coughs> And the molten image then said unto the priest, unto them, What what do ye? And they said unto him, Hold hold thy peace, lay thine hand upon thy mouth, and go with us, and be to us a father and a priest. It is better for thee to be a priest unto the house of, of one man or that thou be a priest unto a tribe and a family and a family in Israel and the priest's heart was glad and he took the ephod and the teraphim and the graven image and went in the midst of the people so they turned and departed and put the little one in the cattle and the cattle and the carriage before them and then that's cool that's the end of that one thanks Larry that's a lot of reading thanks for that so well they're, they're, they're fixing to do all kinds of bad stuff so they come to Micah's house the 600 and they, they, they start stealing everything and the priest says hey what's going on you're taking my stuff they told him shut up in verse put your hand on your mouth put your hand on your mouth shut up and then they offered him a job said hey you're a priest to Micah wouldn't it be better to come with us and be a priest to the whole tribe and have the the Levite global outreach up here in Laish, you know, satellite feeds, preaching to all these churches? Wouldn't you rather do that than just stay in here with Micah? And then verse 20, Larry read, the priest was glad. He's, he's down with this idea. Just like today, you know, a lot of these TV and radio dudes, they, they're all about... 
The global route outreach. It's bigger, more, better. So the priest helped him load the carts. So the priest goes in. He gets all his stuff he needs. Hey, let's go. We're on our way. So the, this lesson four is uh, idolatry starts at home. And what I mean by that, whenever we were looking at these guys, um, all of these guys... These are our common idolater people of today. And all this stuff started with an idea in their heart that they practiced in their house that became a global or at least a regional issue. Was that the guy that had the tank through his house? Uh, yeah, that's Koresh, yeah. Yeah, so... Come again? Oh, this was uh, Muhammad... Uh, this is Joe Smith, Mormons, Jimmy Jones. But anyway, idolatry starts at home. So with Micah, with this case here, uh, just like with us, you know, we, we come up with these idolatrous ideas in our heart and in our homes and pretty much we're spreading it around. Um, and just because, this is another point here, just because something is spreading quickly does not mean it's of God. Because if you were on the sidelines and you're seeing this Levite's ministry growing from Micah's house and now he's got a truck, Man, God's hand is on this Levite. No. Just because something is spreading or a teaching is spreading does not mean it's biblical. Is that kind of like the Jesus Revelation? Yeah. Or the Ashbury Revival or Ashburn yeah. yes. in February. Yeah. That's a good... That is. That's a good example. That that thing broke out in Kentucky down there and everybody's like, oh, it's of God. It's of God. The movie. Yeah. 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 We got to try the spirits. I mean, that's, a, that's immediately what I thought about. Yeah. Yeah, we got to try the spirits. All right, so we'll leave that one. So we'll go to the next lesson five. This is the high cost of low living is what this is all about. Uh, I don't have time to develop this a whole lot, but let me read, let me look at this passage. I want to pick a few of these verses out. This is in 22 through 31. Um... Well, basically in verse 22, Micah and his and his family see him carting off their stuff. And, and the tribe of Dan in verse 23 tells them to hush up. And then verse 24, verse 24 is probably the highlight, where Micah, the guy that's running his home church, he said, Ye have taken away my gods which I made, and the priest, and you're gone away. What have I more? You've taken everything. What is that you saying to me? You know, why are you saying what's my problem? So Micah's upset because they took his his gods, and it's in uh, and it's sad, but it's a direct opposite of what Paul says. And I put the two verses in the handout. You know, Micah says, "If you take my stuff, I have nothing." Whereas Paul says in, in Philippians, go ahead and take my stuff. I've got Christ. I mean, you can't take Christ. We, Christ cannot be taken from us. So that's why the high cost of low living is, is starting to come in. So uh, we God, the, the gods that people worship out there, the gods of alcohol, sex, power, all those things can be taken away and they will be taken away. Um, and there's a cost to that. Now here's where it's, it's cool. In Revelation 7, this is on your handout about a little bit below um, uh, the Lesson 5. I don't think I have a slide on it, but this is interesting. What Dan ends up doing in this chapter 
Dan ends up setting up idolatry up here in, in this new Dan. They, they kill the hippie commune off. They go up there. The 600 guys wipe them out. I don't have time to read it all. but So Dan sets up camp up here. For the rest of our Old Testament, Dan is the tribe that, that keeps Israel in idolatry. All through our Old Testament, uh, yeah. What's idolatry? Idolatry would be worshiping things uh, other than God. God. Yeah, yeah. In our day, it could be all kinds of things that we worship other than God. Chiefs, whatever. I just thought that offhand. So Dan, for the rest of the Old Testament, refuses to worship God. They've got the golden calves. They got the high places. They've got all this false priesthood that they've set up, and they're always messing up Israel. Uh, whenever the kingdom splits later on under Jeroboam, this is getting out there, but Dan is the center of worship for the northern kingdom. Dan, Dan is just bad news for the rest of the Old Testament. Dan is, is gone. Alright, this is something. In Revelation 7, it's talking about the future tribulation period, which I don't think we're too far from now with this Gaza mess. In the tribulation period, you guys have all heard of the 144,000 Jews that are going to be given a message of, of God to go out and reach the people for God to turn them around before Jesus comes back. So they have the important mission of preparing the Jews before Jesus' second coming. In Revelation 7, the tribes are all listed. There's 12,000 from every tribe, except one tribe is not listed. Dan loses out. They don't get that chance. They messed up so bad that when it's time to be used of God, they're unusable. And he doesn't use them, which is the principle in, in 2 Timothy I put in your handout, is God will only use a clean vessel to do his work. So that's why we've got to keep ourselves clean, free from idolatry, free from disobedience, free from all the things that, that tie us down, so we can be used of God. Because Dan missed out because of their behavior. So that's interesting. However, there's a happy ending. That's the last lesson. And let's see here. Lesson six, last one. It's not too late for restoration. Now here's the beautiful thing. Dan messed up. God didn't use him in Revelation 7. Well, like Belinda mentioned earlier, in the millennium, when Jesus comes back, let's, let's actually let's turn there. Ezekiel 48. When Jesus comes back in the millennium, the first thing he'll do is set up his kingdom and he starts giving out land grants. So in Ezekiel 48... Is where they're listed. The chapters 48 is uh, actually the last few chapters of Ezekiel are just awesome. They talk about the millennium and what it's going to be like. Alright, 48.1. Now these are the names of the tribes from the north of the coast all the way to the Hethlon, as one goes from Hamath. This is a big city where is the border of Damascus, northward to the coast of Hamath. That's the border. For these are his sides, east and west, a portion for Dan. They are the first tribe that Jesus gives 
the land to back to. That original land grant I showed at the very beginning how huge it was. Dan gets in on that. They're the first tribe that gets in on it. So I think that's cool. So uh, so he doesn't cut them out forever, just like he doesn't cut us out. Um, and that's where I put on the handout that it's not too late for us to forsake. You know, back on that stair-stepping thing, no matter where you are on those stairs, it's not too late to just pick yourself up, dust yourself off, and keep going. Um, let me see here if there's any other verses I want to bring out. So what you're saying is, Jim, yeah. is Dan loses his ability to to be a priest, you know, in the in the tribulation. In the tribulation, he loses that privilege. That God brings back in in, in the kingdom. Yes, in the millennium, he is totally restored. Okay. <laughs> yes, and and the. Um, let me see if I can get it. I want to go forward some slides here. Uh, that's that. Okay, yeah, those are the six lessons. Let me. Uh, I'm gonna go back to that stair stepping thing real quick here. All right. Whoops. All right. So back on here. People that get saved today, they get the Holy Spirit. They truly get saved, baptized, whatever. They decide not to grow. They're going to just kind of do things their own way, just like Dan did. And they're going to kind of stay on this first floor. They're not going to get the earthly inheritance that is due to them. The peace, the joy, the, the, the God-honoring life. Living a good, victorious, abundant Christian life. They're not going to see that. They're going to waller here in the mud like the Danites did. Well, God's not going to use them. I mean, they're not going to be used today for anything great because He's going to choose the clean vessels, the people that are on the stairs. So they're going to miss out on their short-term inheritance of this life. But they are saved. And they'll be at the judgment seat of Christ and they'll get an inheritance. And they'll get to go to heaven and, and all those things. So, But they just miss out on, on the now like the Danites did. And that's kind of what I'm encouraging with this chapter is don't, don't let the Amorite, don't let the obstacles in life keep you from climbing these stairs and being all that God wants you to be like the Danites messed up. Don't be a Dan. Don't stay down here. We should all, and, and, and every day is a new day. Every day we can pick ourselves up and start climbing again. We may fall down a couple of rungs, we can get right back on it. First John 1 9. For, you know, confess your sins and he'll forgive you. To be, anyway. That's so true, Jim. That's what I got. You know, I think, I think it's so easy in today's world for people to settle for that and just say, well, I'm saved. Exactly. And that's good enough. Yes. Uh, they don't really understand what that means in eternity and how not living like that. Yep. You know, taking steps of faith and taking the stairs will cost them. I don't know. You're right. And it, it does affect their internal inheritance. You know, we're all given cities. Whenever he does the kingdom in the millennium, Christians, you, me, we will be given cities. And we shall judge angels. Also. And we'll be judging angels. So uh, if you're if you're a, a good Christian, you might end up with L.A., but if you're one of these guys, you'll get Archie. You know, it'll be that kind of thing. Yeah, Larry. Uh, 
I was at a wedding reception. I love Archie. I was at a wedding reception last night. My mom was trying to explain to her cousin, you know, about when I got baptized and everything. Yeah. And he asked her, he goes, he got baptized as a kid, didn't he? And she goes, yeah. But... He got baptized as a kid under his middle name. Oh. Now that he's gotten older, he got baptized under his real name. Now there you go. Now it took, so that's good. Anyway, so that's that's all I got. I'm running a shade late, so any other last... Uh, you're all right. Good. Yeah, good. All right, good. All right so, well, Brian, you care to pray for us as we leave? Father God, we just thank you so much, Father, for the uh, opportunity to be here. Uh, we don't mind the fellowship, Father. We just thank you for this lesson, Father. I just ask that uh, for each one of us, 